Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. By the way, uh, happy National Jerky Day. Oh, I've been... Uh, thank you. I was show, hoping you... It's not a day dedicated I, to us. It's I was dedicated hoping, to beef jerky. But, I was you know, hoping I, you'd bring that up. And National Jerky you Day. You jerky, you, yeah. One of the original treats when you think about it. You know, early on, I mean, they didn't have candy bars and stuff like that back in the 1800s, but they had jerky. They used to make their own jerky, these farmers. You didn't know that, yeah. right? I mean, you want to get into a topic, discussion about jerky? I can do it. I can talk jerky with with the best of them. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. I have one of those, you know, dehydrators. I can make my own jerky. Jerk. Can you really? You really yeah. can. You're, you're a jerky aficionado. Uh, I uh, haven't used it in years, but yeah, I used to go to the butcher, you know, and sit there and go, hey, I want uh, that right there. I want to shave this thick and, uh, you know, slice. That way all you had to do is take it home, marinate it. The problem you, you have to. when you get older, when you have when you eat jerky, you can pull out your dentures. So it just it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, big day today. Yeah, you know, I woke up this morning and I thought, well, at least he's going to get a a fair deal down there in the, in Miami. But then I read, well, not really, Jim. <laughs> that's that's not really the case. It ain't going to be all that fair. Apparently, he has. Uh, you know, they talked about. Uh, uh, I was an Aileen Cannon being the judge. She's no, the judge. Goodman now. He's yeah, a magistrate. She, she's the judge of record, whatever that means. I guess, you know, on all the legal documents, her name will be. But she's not going to be, uh, I guess, there today. It's Jonathan Goodman. Jonathan Goodman. He's a magistrate. He's a Democrat. Uh, he was appointed during the Obama administration. So you know where his convictions lie. But yeah. A magistrate in a federal trial. Now you notice that the uproar, you know, they were they were all upset on the left that uh, Aileen Cannon was going to be the judge because she was a Trump appointee, and of course it couldn't be fair if uh, a Trump appointee was the judge of record, right? So, mm -hmm. but now all of a sudden that issue has been put to rest because. Uh, it's a Trump, it's a Obama appointee who's going to be sitting on the bench today. That's okay. It's okay if it's their side, but it's not okay if it's somebody from our side. Well, that's true. And uh, a magistrate judge, he's got no power to do anything. Uh, he can't accept a motion for injunctive relief, for judgment on the pleadings, for summary judgment to dismiss or quash an indictment or information made by the defendant. He can't suppress evidence uh, in a criminal case. Mm -hmm. uh, he can't dismiss or uh, permit maintenance of a class action. So, you know, there's a, he can't do anything but just push this thing You know, in forward. Pennsylvania, they don't even have to be lawyers. They can be just a business person who runs for magistrate. This guy was a talk show host. He was a radio <laughs> guy. And they go, oh, going, I'm going to really? get my law degree to be a judge. And that's what he did. Really? Now, yeah, and just so you know how being a magistrate works, Mm -hmm. Let's say that a district magi uh, magistrate uh, judgeship opens. Mm -hmm. You can run for it. It's, it's you, you you get voted in. Right. I know I know a couple around here. They're friends of mine. Sure. And I'm you know, well, where'd you go to law? Oh no, I didn't. No, no, I just ran for the office. I said, yeah. Well, that's Pennsylvania. Where did you get your knowledge from? Yeah, Pennsylvania does that. Yeah. Oh well, they send you to school for about ten days where you learn the procedures and proceedings. And I'm going. So you got ten days of. Education, <laughs> yes. and now you can rule but over. But you know, yes, Bill, I, I got to tell you something. A little, 
Let's, as my friend would say, let's back this bus up. <laughs> you know who says that? Um, not too long ago, I'm talking like uh, 70 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you could graduate from high school in most states, and then you could go and uh, apprentice in a law office for five years, and then you could be a lawyer. No college, no law school. I'm talking back in the 20s. And maybe in the in the early teens of the twentieth century, and and before that, let's go back to the time of Abraham Lincoln. He didn't even have to graduate from high school; he could just huh. apprentice in a law school in a law office and become a lawyer. Yeah, I think the only state now that has uh, very loose loosey goosey, I think it's Wisconsin mm-hmm. or uh, up. It's up in that area. There's one of the states. One year, that's all it takes. Really? You got one, yeah, you just take one One and done, as they would say, huh? One and done, and you're in, and you are a lawyer, and you can be, California used to be a two-year thing, because I had a friend that did that, was in radio, ironically, but that was back, you know, when I was uh, in diapers in the broadcast business, (laughs) Uh, and, um, you know, yeah, he, he got his degree. It's changed, but there's a lot of careers that are that way. Uh, still today, where you know you don't have to go and have any formal training. You know you can be a pharmacist and not go to a, a pharmacist. Actually, knows as much as a doctor and then more. But you can dance around that. And I know this because when I got out of radio because of kids in school and mm-hmm. yada yada yada, I ended up working at a Walgreens, and they have what they call Walgreens University. It's on a computer, and. You know, as a manager, you learn different things, but you got to learn the pharmacy to mm-hmm. be the manager of the store because you have the pharmacy. So you do that, and then they have a program in that computer system where you can sit there, and when they sign off on it, you can pretty much be the acting pharmacist uh, as long as you have a real pharmacist. But it reminds me of the old days in television, Bill. You know, every station wanted a meteorologist, but there weren't enough to go around. So they came up with this symbol, a, a yeah. meteorology symbol. And it literally was like, you know, you could take a disc jockey off the street and uh, he could study for an afternoon. And then he, he would get that symbol when he was on yeah. television doing the weather. He, all he had to do is do a couple of uh, forecasts. And then they yep. look over the tape and go, yep, he's yeah, got it down. He's, he's got, got it. Sick. And then he was a certified meteorologist. That's right. Well, the same thing happens to the to what I'm talking about. You can challenge the board of uh, the pharmaceutical board saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, I've done this. I've done it through this drugstore. And they go, all right, you know, okay, you're in. And now you can be a legit pharmacist. Anyway, uh, today, Trump is going to be down in Miami at 3 o'clock. There's going to be a lot of people down there, folks, a lot of people. I mean, I I really think it's going to be a chaos, chaos, and I think that it's going to be planned chaos on the part of the left. Uh, You'll see probably people wearing MAGA hats. Maybe some of them will be doing things that seem unlawful, and I don't think they'll really be MAGA people. I think there'll be people wearing... MAGA hats who are on, you know, who are maybe Antifa and things like that. I, I, I would, you know, I, I, you damned if you do and you damned if you don't. I mean, there should be people there to support President Trump. But on the other hand, I do think that uh, there's going to be a problem because uh, there's also going to be troublemakers there, and this administration is going to encourage it. That's my humble opinion. Yeah. Um, yesterday, an aggressive reporter 
from CNN. You know, they hire all their reporters at CNN, and one of the prerequisites is they they ask a question. It's usually a, a question on a left field, and if they don't get the answer they want from whoever they're interviewing, they will interrupt them and uh, be rude. They do it all the time. And yeah. uh, yesterday, Kevin McCarthy was being interviewed in the halls of Congress by a CNN reporter about the indictment. And here's how this went. This is not playing out here. And so that's a real concern to all Americans. So as a policymaker, elected officials, we want to make sure it's equal justice for all. We want to look that it's a weaponization. Now, what, you, are you with CNN, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this even further because when somebody weaponizes government and they actually get removed from government, let's take Andrew McCabe, okay? Former d- deputy. No, no, well, let me, no, no, let me answer the question. This is a different set of circumstances, right? I mean, the former president is accused of misleading law enforcement, of a conspiracy of obstructing justice. That's a different set of facts. Are you prepared to defend him as the former president? And what other actions will the House take in the House Judiciary Committee in terms of funding? Are you prepared to defend your your network, CNN? That I'm, handed, I'm, a, I'm answering your question. You could ask me any question you want, but I'm entitled to answer the question, okay? You can't put words in my mouth. Even though your network can hire Andrew McCabe, who was fired from the FBI for leaking classified documents. Did you remove him from your network? No, you continue to put him on to give judgment against President Mr. Trump. Speaker. You also hire Clapper. Clapper has come out publicly. Speaker, and what steps I the House going, what steps is the house going to take in terms of is there any effort to defund the FBI any effort to defund the Department of Justice after what you've seen over the last several days so your network hires clapper who literally lied to the American public one of 51 other individuals that had briefings and used it politically to tell the American public that a laptop was Russia collusion, even though it had all this information about the Biden administration. Are you prepared to get rid of those people from your network? Because my concern as a policymaker is that when you weaponize government and now you're weaponizing networks, that is wrong. So we will take all of our power to make sure that the legal system in America gets the blind back on and people are treated fairly. I have a real problem that your network actually pays people who did classified information and then lied to the American public to try to influence a presidential election and then you put them on your network to give an opinion about about a president president, and and I'm answering your your question very clearly because what your network has done has weaponized at the same time. I think equal justice is important. You know, if you see a picture, she's an attractive young girl. She must be young woman. Uh, Please, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, condescending, but she's an attractive young person. She is uh, probably around 26, 27. Somebody in the newsroom has told her, okay, here's how you handle every uh, interview. We want you to be in charge. You run the interview. Whoever, Whoever you're talking to, we don't care if if they go off the beaten path. It's your job to get them back on the path, our path, you know. And so she tried at one point to even change the topic. Kevin McCarthy, God bless him. I, you know, I, I don't usually say this, but he was right on the money with this this interview. No, he was on the money. But you, you know, sometimes when you engage with these these uh, interviewers, uh, 
you're still in a trap because you might be doing exactly what he did, but they are looking for any soundbite misstep in language. And you could be saying the right thing, but it's a misstep in language that they can take that one clip and then go back and revoice. Yeah. Well, here's what we asked, and this is what we got. That's true. Oh, they do that all the time in, in the TV business. It's, you know, a sound bite, literally. You need, and that's you, why it's called a bite, because that's what it is. It's yeah. not the absolute whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah. It is what I'm going to take and manipulate it to be, and that's I mean, what they want. For example, if uh, you said, uh, uh, do you support President Trump? I might say in, a, in an answer, look. I know President Trump has his problems. He can be very uh, aggressive. He can be very uh, difficult and uh, not uh, the kind of person you may want to vote for. But he's my guy. Now, that's my answer, right? They wouldn't have my guy. No. They would say he's not the kind of person you, you want to vote, vote for. for. That's, that's exactly you know, right. So what you have to do, you have to boil it all down, you know, and say, I support Trump. That's exactly what you should do. Your answer should be, if you're smart going into an interview, you should realize they're going to slice it and dice it, so don't give them anything to cut. Well, that's what, see, now there's something that uh, I'm sure the Democrats are doing it, but the Republicans are doing it. Hell, I'd teach the class if, if, yep. if you had to. And they need to be taught how to handle reporters and interviews yeah and keep it on page and don't let them get under your skin because once they do that they got you and then you know you've got to go and backpedal uh what they put out there to get it back to what you said and when you backpedal you're a liar yeah hey uh yesterday uh howie carr he's a big talk show host up in boston uh he actually he's He's popular around the country. Uh, people listen to him all over the place. Uh, his main uh, hub, so to speak, is Boston and then the surrounding states, the New England states. He's heard live in Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont. Does he even live up there anymore? I thought he was like down in Jersey Up in half the year he's down in in Florida. There yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. He's in Florida. As a matter of fact, he's not too far from the Newsmax uh, Base studios. I guess Newsmax has their headquarters in Florida, mm -hmm. and um, I guess how he does uh, some work for Newsmax. But he was. Uh, let's see if if I can find a cut here. Uh, he was. Um, he had Donald Trump on, and they were talking about uh, uh, what'll happen when you're president. And Trump said something interesting about the Pandora's box has been opened by Biden and his administration. Listen. I want to read you something you wrote today on Truth Social. I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the, in the history of the USA, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family, and then on from there. But, I mean, w would you really appoint someone? or do, I mean, do, where does this, where does this all know. end? Well, they've opened up the box. Look, Bill Barr is a weak uh, coward. And he didn't want to do anything on this. And yet, in many ways, a lot of people sort of, including me, I said, you know, I get it. Because uh, you don't want to go after uh, fitting presidents and vice presidents and all of the things. So I, I sort of got it. Not necessarily a believer. But now they've opened up the Pandora's box. And now we're in a position where we can say, and look at the corruption in the Biden family, the millions and millions of dollars pouring in from China and other places. 
it's a disgrace. From Burisma, uh, you take a look at the money coming in from Ukraine. So much money, and nobody does anything about that. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to it, and now we can do it now because now the box has been opened. It's the Pandora's box that has been opened and it's been wide open. So I'm allowed to do that. People will say, "Now we get it." You know the interesting thing there. You talked about William Barr. Now, when he was president, mm-hmm. and let's talk about this a little bit and what this trial is really about, because he has evidence that William Barr had knowledge, intimate knowledge, of Biden and the $5 million bribe with Burisma. As a Mm -hmm. matter of fact, I think there's a story about it in Gateway Pundit today. But that has been a known fact, and now it's out there. But really, when you look at these indictments, also I want to say, you know how he said, we're going after the most corrupt president in time. I've said it time and time again. I'll say it again right now. Everything that the Democrats are guilty of and do they accuse you of. They say Trump is the most guilty sure. of he's the most crime ridden. Espionage act. Who is more who's done more there espionage than Biden? Nothing in these indictments have Trump on espionage because if he was engaged in that in these documents, which were his to begin with, right. you know, he can declassify anytime, any place, anywhere, and he did. All right. So it doesn't matter if he used the documents as toilet paper. They were technically his to do whatever he wants with. But here he is. He's being indicted for this stuff. There is nothing there that is of any espionage or consequential act that way. It is a nothing case. But they're going to lie and make something out of it and hold him accountable for this. And I'm like going, what? Yeah. Now, Biden, they've got stuff on. But they're they're going after this guy with... With a big bag of nothing, and yeah. they're going to try to do their best. I had another thought here, but we'll well. Let me let we'll me move on. take a moment. Uh, this is interesting. the The big thing, the big item here is uh, that Trump uh, took classified documents that he shouldn't have. He had no right taking. Okay, that's what they're saying. They found them in his house, and he had no business doing that. Well, let's talk for a second about classified documents. Uh, the uh, the head of uh, an organization called National Security Councils uh, is a guy named uh, Kel McClanahan. And Kel McClanahan talked about classified documents. Uh, he said a sitting U.S. president has wide-ranging authority to classify and declassify certain documents. But former presidents do not have that authority over classifications and declassifications. We know that, Right. Well, when when President Trump did this, he was the president. Current Mm. presidents can classify documents as long as they can, quote, make a plausible argument that it is related to national security. On the other hand, the president doesn't have to give any reason to declassify anything. He can just do it summarily. That's right. Now, go ahead. Well, I was going to say classified documents, all right, and treason act. Name one thing where he's, his action has hurt the country. Well, there's no victim here. So Trump. there's no victim. There's no crime. That's right. And he had the legal right to do what he did, and those documents were his. So what's all the gripe about? Well, I, I'll tell you I, who I didn't don't... have the right to do anything was the FBI. 
and the well, Justice that's Department. True. They overstepped their bounds. But I'll tell you what was, might have been in those documents. Those documents, because let's go back to Russia, 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 Russia Gate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was all made up and phony. Now, we know that obviously this was something that was, uh, was made up. Hillary took it, ran with it. Obama had it and signed off on it. Mm-hmm. They all knew about it. So Hillary's hands are dirty. Obama's hands are dirty. Biden's hands are dirty. All right. And what if what the documents were, were the evidence of oh, yeah. that crime? A lot of people believe that's the case. A lot of people believe that what they were looking for was the stuff that incriminates Obama and Hillary. And right. and because Trump was the president at the time, he had the right to take it from the White House and bring it to his place. Um, but, you know, a lot of voting people are actually, whether you want to think it or not, part of the deep state because they have been programmed with so much hate. All you've got to do is go to social media and you look at some of your lefty friends and the memes they're doing, they really don't care about hearing the truth. It is about, and this is what this is about with the deep state, one party, and they don't realize they have gotten in bed with the devil. It is a fight between good and evil. It is. And you've yeah. just given up your soul if you don't step back and get out of that bed. Well, what I do, look at, what, seriously, Bill, I, I just look at you got to be able to look away from those people. Some of those people, by the way, are not real people. They're bots and they're generated uh, memes and things like that. They're not real people. But the ones that you do know that mm-hmm. are making nasty comments, you got to just say, hey, I feel sorry for you, pal. You haven't been paying friggin' attention. You haven't been doing your homework. Do you think that we just woke up one day and we felt the way we feel? Some of us actually sat down and started to pay attention. And when you pay attention, you can't help but come to this conclusion. Even if you don't like Trump, you don't like Trump, that's, that's okay. But it isn't about Trump. It's about our country. You know, we have right now, it isn't a, Bill said it, he said it two minutes ago. This is a battle between good and evil, pure and simple. Right now, the guy who's on the side of the good, whether you like it or not, is Trump. And the evil is the guy who's in the White House right now. Have he, you ever bought a car or a house and you, you were paired with a salesperson? You might not have liked him at all but they gave you a damn good deal. Yes. They, they took care of you yep. because by taking care of you, well, they got your business and you both came out on top. Yep. All right. Now, I keep hearing what a great job Joe Biden is doing, man. Everything is going for the better when in reality, they, you know, we added 300,000 new jobs. Okay, those were 300,000 jobs that were lost to the fast food industry and the big tech jobs. Yeah, there's some out there. So there's some mega jobs out there, but not like there used to be. There are a lot of people that have gone yeah. down in stature. Guys and, were engineers. People were engineers and had good jobs. And all of a sudden they're working like you say in the, in a store or uh, they're doing something they would never have been doing just a couple examples, of years ago. There are examples of this time and time again, not just from politics, but just from the reality of Mm -hmm. life. 
Uh, I look at the Chemical Valley in uh, West Virginia. Used to be a thriving area in the in the seat sure. of uh, West Virginia, the state capital, Charleston. Uh, they had you know they had Dupont, Monsanto, had, these big companies, Monsanto, yeah. all of them. But then that thing happened in Bhopal, and that's the other. Yeah. They only made it in two places, Bhopal and there in West Virginia. And when all those people got killed, well, that changed everything. And all of a sudden, that industry went to hell in a handbasket. So you got these guys that spent five years in engineering school and, and chemistry and everything, yeah. and they had these big $300,000 jobs. You ought to see up on the hill the big mansions that were built during that time, and they were going for – you know, there's still a lot of rich people there, but yeah. not as many. And some of the houses went vacant or picked up for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. But the simple fact is, what happened to those people? If they didn't get a job somewhere else, well, their knowledge turned into the drug industry. Yeah. And at one time, they became the meth capital of the world because these guys that were cooking up all these things and these pesticides. Yeah. Well, I got I to gotta, I gotta feed my family somehow. So that's happening in America. We're taking jobs uh, that we normally wouldn't take or doing things we normally wouldn't do because this economy is being destroyed and things are shifting in a way that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, we got to move forward, but this is not – Joe hasn't done anything for us. Long, I went a long way around just to say Joe has screwed things up, whether you want to believe it or not, and the, all they've done is just put some – you know, some icing on top of this. Uh, you know, you can't. Cr- it was the saying: you can't put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's nothing good that's going on right now. Yep. Um, he does things that just drive you nuts. For example, uh, I think I even mentioned this yesterday. But if I didn't, I'm going to mention it now. Uh, on, the, on the second floor of the White House, uh, he, they hung um, three flags. On the left was a U.S. flag. In the center was a pride flag. And in the on the right was a U.S. flag. And that violates the law because never should uh, the U.S. flag be uh, held in, in a subordinate position to another flag uh, on government buildings. You know, it's not supposed to be the way it is. As a matter well, of fact, by the way, the pride flag isn't even really a flag of, of a nation. It's not even a recognized flag, but there it was hanging over the balcony of the uh, the uh, White House, and it was uh, it was there for the world to see. We were saluting. By the way, we have had ads recently. Have you seen them? There are ads for the military mm-hmm. where they have flied, uh, pride flags, and they have the soldiers saluting saluting the pride flag. You have the Ukrainian flag flying in equal, you know, stature, equal yeah. respect, stature to the U.S. flag. I got no problem that you support the Ukraine and you fly their flag in, you know, solidarity and support. But the point is, it does not go equal to or above our flag. Right. You can fly any flag you want to, recognized or not, in this country. You have that right. But when you take the U.S. and it becomes secondary, right? Then you've got we've got a problem. You've got a problem. So yeah, this is uh, during this the, is the d- bill during the ceremony yesterday in the White House. Mm-hmm. Biden goes out there in front of the group of people. Most of them were, I guess, a representative of the Pride 
community. And he said this. We all talk about courage. Well, I see more courage in this lawn than I've seen in any time in the recent past. Did you hear that? He goes out in front of uh, the pride community at the White House, the guests, and says, we all talk about courage. Well, I've seen more courage here than I've seen in a long time. Mind you, under his watch, 13 U.S. soldiers were killed in Afghanistan, and their families had to uh, endure the suffering and pain of uh, of a president who really could give a rat's, you know, patootie. Uh, the, the, he, when they came to Dover in caskets, uh, Biden was the guy and the only guy who was looking down at his watch like he he had something better to do, you know? You know, Biden was a racist early on. That's number one. So anytime he talks about Black Lives Matter and everything, he's a hypocrite. He was, as I think, uh, as if I recall, not think, but as I recall, he was homophobic too. Oh, yeah. And now he's honoring uh, the the gay community. Yeah. And, you know, I got no problems against the gay community. I think... If you truly believe that of yourself, you are brave to come out. So I'll give you that. But you, but here's what I'm saying about Joe. My mm-hmm. point is, he's done a complete one. Oh sure. And uh, any Democrat lawyer will tell you: once a racist, always a racist. Who is this? Once a homophobe, always a homophobe. Who's got something on Joe? Does he? Is he? You know, we talk about all the men. Does somebody have something in well. the deep state on him to where he's come to their side? And now he's hey there. Robert Byrd, former senator, was a uh, uh, a member of the Ku Klux Klan. That's mm-hmm. docu- documented. At his funeral, uh, I believe I, I know that Joe Biden gave a eulogy, some comments. I think Hillary spoke too, but uh, he talked about uh, Robert Byrd as being his close personal friend and mentor. You know, and he was a, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and again. He said this yesterday. We all talk about courage. Well, I see more courage in this lawn than I've seen in any time in the recent past. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. This, this guy is such a fraud. You know, Bill, under his administration, uh, they have done their utmost to divide our country at every turn, to separate us, to keep us apart, not bring us together as a people, not to say... There's the gay community. There's the straight community. They've they've done everything to put a wedge between these different groups. Oh, this you know this is a community that uh, is to be admired, and these people, the MAGA people, oh, they're they're terrorists. Did you know they're terrorists because they support Trump and they support oh my God conservatism. I mean, these people have done everything under Biden's administration to destroy our nation. Uh, besides the fact that they've allowed uh, millions of strangers to cross the border. And by the way, it, it drove the left nuts, you know, when President Trump said over the weekend at his speeches that he was going to, uh, he was going to get the uh, local law enforcements together and they were going to round up all of these uh, people who are here illegally and it's going to be the largest mass deportation in the history of our country. You know, that happened, I, by the way, during the Eisenhower administration. You know, Eisenhower was big at deporting deporting uh, uh, a lot of people who came across illegally. Look, this whole thing against Trump could go away, but I think there's a bounty on his head. But let's say it goes away, or it stays here, and he's elected president. 
Now here comes the bad news because I've heard it, so surely you've heard it. If not, then I'm going to tell you right now. The left has already said if by chance Trump wins, we're already, just like they did in yep. 2017, they're going to impeach. And part of the the reason for these charges right now, it's not so much that he gets convicted of it, but that it sticks in your mind and they'll say, this guy does not have the right to be president and they don't care. They will impeach for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. They do not want him in power because of what he can do to them. That's true. As a matter of, it's a, a vicious circle. Now, the only way that could not happen is if the Republicans uh, keep control of the House. Uh, but, you know, historically, when you have a Republican president, you have a Democratic Congress. I mean, it's the way it's been going back and forth for for decades, and uh, it's probably going to happen again. If we get a Democratic Congress again, like Bill said, the first thing they'll do is they'll impeach him. I don't know how President Trump can fix this country like he's talking about, you know, fixing the deep state, without a major, uh, some kind of major event that uh, gives him the authority to, to, to do this. Some people think that major event would be uh, the military intervening. Uh, and uh, that may be a possibility. I don't know. That's way beyond my pay grade. But uh, a lot of people believe that that's imminent. That that's probably going to happen in the not too distant future. Some See, people, some people believe. I'm just throwing these things out because we're in that area. Mm -hmm. Some people believe that uh, <clears throat> that President Trump uh, never wasn't the president. That uh, he actually won. The military has that information, but uh, they have let this ruse continue. Uh, for example, I saw something interesting just yesterday. He was up at a, at a restaurant. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I guess it was in New Jersey. He stopped into a, a restaurant and some lady actually came up to him and said that she made, uh, she made her Donald Trump's, I think, mother's meatloaf recipe. Look, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Donald Trump, we made your mother's meatloaf for you. Oh, I like that. You know, this is why the people love him. The guy goes out there, he goes into a crowd of people. The guy's worth $10 billion. This lady walks up to him and says, I made your, your grandmother's meatloaf that you love. Can you, I want, I made it for you. Can you take it on the plane? And he says, yeah, I'll take it on the plane. We'll take it, take this on the plane. He says to one of his aides. And, uh, and then he says, you know, this is, the plane is going to get very crowded, very busy because a lot of people are going to want that meatloaf. He was, he was relating to this little lady in the crowd and she loved him. And I no. would submit, I would submit, Bill, that not too many other candidates on that uh, platform, you know, who are running, have that kind of charm. You know. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when he was young, people liked him. He was, you know, he was the in vogue guy, but he was a nice guy. Yeah, he was shrewd in business, but he was a nice guy. And I've always been a, a believer that a person, you know, they they're good from the beginning. Somewhere, somehow they're good and they grow 
and mature into the person that they are. And when you hear him and see him and the things that he does and the people that have been around him, mm-hmm. he's really a kind, gentle person. He is. Just like that. He likes people. You look at Joe. Now, if you go back to when he first ran for president in the 80s and he lied this and lied that and he was a fast sure. talker and everything, and you go, wait a minute, how did Stuttering Joe do that back then? And then, you know, he's his whole campaign, his whole yeah. life has been a lie. He says he's not a racist, but yet he was anti-school busing. Even Kamala called him out on it, but she she danced in order to the party because people there, they're part of ticks. Here, you know, we're human ticks. Uh, that doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Humanistic. But Joe has grown into an evil old man because he started out that way. Yeah. You know, and you, you grow into what you are to begin with. You know, the only difference between Joe Biden of today and the Joe Biden of 30, 40 years ago is he's gotten older. It's the same guy. It's the same, uh, double talking liar from, uh, 1980, uh, today, except he's, he's older and had more plastic surgery done. But I wanted to make go back to the point I was making about up. He was up in this restaurant, and he's surrounded by all these people, and the lady brings him the meatloaf, and he's very comfortable with her. But what people didn't see, and you have to see the picture to really get this, is someone pointed out that if you look over the president's shoulder, out the picture window into the street, you will see a, um, it looked like a like special forces operative with full body armor and mm. and his automatic rifle. Not a Secret Service agent. You know, most Secret Service agents carry their little automatic uh, weapon underneath their coats. You know, this was a guy who looked like a, he, he looked like a SWAT, uh, a SWAT guy. And he was, he was dressed to kill, literally. And uh, someone said, you know, this is not how a, also a, just another candidate uh, would have protection or even a former president. Apparently, President Trump's protection right now is above and beyond the call of duty. The guy who was making the point who pointed it out, it looked like he has the, the detail of a president, a, like he, a, you know, an, an active president. And so it goes back to what we were talking about. There are some people believe that President Trump, you know, he got the votes, and the people in well. the know know he got it, they're, but they have to. They want to let certain things play out so the world can see just how corrupt the deep state really is. See, the, well, it's, it's like saying we're going to let them think they won. We're going to give them all the authority to, to to do the things that will, you know, be obviously corrupt. The country will see it because they've been they've been asleep. They've been asleep, not paying attention. They'll see the corruption and they'll realize why there has to be a change. You know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you got the deep state and they've got money beyond belief. And the RNC, I'm trying not to sneeze again. I always get this thing at this time in the morning, something in the air. But you see the RNC taking the money and spreading it around. They don't even spend it on all their, their candidates, let alone Trump. But And then you got to wonder with all the attacks and everything, Trump is a rich man, but nobody's got that much money. And it got me to thinking. If there is a deep left state, is there a right state that is out there? It's kind of like a Marvel movie. These are doing, the doing good. Joes. There, there are the, the, the good soldiers out there, 
and there's money that is well that's on what a lot of people believe too. a lot of people believe there is the white hats as they call them you know they're they're, they're out there fighting this force of evil i mean you know we see it, like you say, in comic books. You know, there's uh, this villain, and he wants the destruction of the world, and there's this hero, and he wants to save the world. you got to wonder sometimes, are they just uh, are they more factual in some ways? I don't mean that they, we have superheroes uh, with superpowers, but are there two factions out there, like you said, a good faction well, and an evil faction? Go back in history. Uh, look at uh, the Pope and his arm, the the Knights Templar. Right. You know, and what were the Knights Templar in the you know Mason? They were the Pope's army. Right. And they they had a now, you know, the powers that be decided to take him down. Yeah. Um, the French king. Um, yeah. The French king decided like, I'm not going to pay up. <laughs> the king of France, uh, France was in deep debt. And He's not going to pay his debt. He said, "I'm not going to pay my debt." Uh, how did he convince the Pope he, that he could get he could get the money from the Templars? The Templars were very wealthy. Uh, he was wow. going to get the money from them to pay the Pope back if if the Pope at the time were to make the Templars uh, into bad guys. The Pope, every you know, people have to remember where there are human beings involved. There's always the option for corruption. There's good and evil everywhere, you know. And yeah, you take the Templar thing. That's why the Oak Island series, because and, and you know <clears throat> yeah, all the gold, right. uh, gold yep. of uh, you know all the queens and different uh, different monarchs, everything out there, including the Holy Grail. Yeah, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, there could be a good force, and a good force out there is not going to say. Hey, here we are. We're the good guys. They're going to be hiding. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But, you know, if you want to delve into there's got to be good guys, well, there could be. Just mm -hmm. who they are, I don't know. And I got to believe that there's there's a higher power because there is, you know, Trump, He's he seems to be able to weather a, a big barrage of a financial storm that they're bringing on they're trying everything and you know i pray that he keeps going a normal man couldn't defend himself against this financially well, i mean even, even if you had a GoFundMe, even if you had a gofundme page that raised 10 million dollars i'll bet you trump has already spent uh, way beyond that if you did the accounting he's got to be in the billions has to be you mean, you I mean, would think. Yeah. Well, all I can tell you is uh, today is going to be an interesting day. Now, Dan Bongino is concerned about today for his, physical, for his physical safety. I've said this for months that they've got a target, and I don't think that the target's been ever more clear. You can probably watch him walking and see the dot on his head. You know, my wife uh, said, how far can a sniper shoot from? I said, well, there are some snipers that can hit hit you from a mile away with the right weapon and the right... Uh, well, they can do better than uh, yeah. that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a long way off. How do you defend yourself against that? You know? Uh, you you drive in, you, you drive into the basement garage, you know? And they probably have a basement garage in that courthouse, I would think. Well, they probably do, but, you know, 
everywhere that there is that's secure, there is somebody that can be put in place to make it unsecure. You don't know. See, yeah. Trump doesn't know, you know, everybody that he sees for the first time, if they're good or bad. He's got to go on faith that uh, he's got enough uh, support there to spot them and nullify them. You know, uh, it's going to be a busy day. The media, I'm sure, has that place covered right now. There are probably camera trucks all over the place. Everybody jockeying for the best location for their cameras. Uh, you have got uh, Secret Service people uh, setting up uh, different vantage points to protect uh, the former president. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I do mm-hmm. not know how they're going to do it. Um, I mean... Uh, I remember, I'm, I'm from the generation who remembers President Kennedy driving through Dealey Plaza, you know, and, and everyone thought, oh, he's, he's fine. We can put him in an open car. You know, everyone loves him in Dallas. As a matter of fact, John Conley had just turned around and said, Mr. President, they love you. And, and the president shook his head like, yeah, he sees this. And a second later, you know, there was the bullet that took off the back of his head. And, and you, you know, um, now they're uh, saying that was all a setup. Well, now they're saying that was uh, a lot of people believe it was the Central Intelligence Agency that did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, who am I to say who? Do, you know, a lot of people are saying that it's not what people were told. You know, it was too too much of a convenient package. Looking back, I mean, they they literally wrapped up the entire investigation in one weekend. We had the president shot. We had Lee Harvey Oswald arrested a few hours later in the theater. We had uh, him brought into the into the cell and all the cameras were there. We had Jack Ruby, who conveniently was able to, with weapon, walk into the parking garage, the, the Dallas parking garage. They apparently knew uh, uh, Jack Ruby. He walked right in, and uh, when they were bringing out Lee Harvey Oswald, it couldn't have been a cleaner shot. He just leaned in with his revolver and fired off a couple of rounds and killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Not instantly. He, he died in the hospital, but uh, the, the damage was done. And that was it. It was like, well, <clears throat> American can go back to work. Uh, we've got that whole thing solved and life is good. It was Lee Harvey Oswald. He was in the school book uh, depository, and uh, that's that. Well, back then... All you had to trust were, what, three networks? Yep. ABC, NBC, and CBS. That's right. That's all you had. You didn't have UPN, uh, the CW. No. You didn't have the internet back then. No cable You didn't have all, no cable, no independent news sources, nothing but that machine. Yes. And even then. I mean, you had, you know. When Walter Cronkite would literally take off his glasses and look at the camera. And with a tear in his eye, announced that the president no, the president oh. of the United States died in Dallas today, and he, he it was the entire effect was there. He just you know Walter Cronkite became the biggest journalist in the world that day. That was mm-hmm. it. Up until that day, he was one of uh, many journalists. He was Walter Cronkite and a lot of Huntley and Brinkley. But on that day, when Walter Cronkite took off his glasses and 
had a tear in his eye and made that announcement. It was something special. And, and you know, you can see it from that point on, how they promoted him and how he became the lead anchor and how he became the force in media. We at least, when I was at CBS, they used to call him Uncle Wally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was a leftist. He did not. Oh, absolutely. Believe. And uh, that was all. Uh, that was his way. At the end of the newscast, I think we've mentioned this before. That's but I'll the say way it, again. it is, and that's the way it this is. This is Walter Cronkite, CBS News. Good night. Good night. Yes. <laughs> you know, and but him saying that's the way it is, like it or not. That's exactly right. This is it, and that's the news, like it. Or, or not. not. <laughs> Good night. Yes. Um, he uh, was the leading force behind CBS. CBS was the number one network for news, and the whole country believed everything he said, pure and simple. If Walter said uh, the sky is, uh, is purple, then everyone believed the sky was purple, even if it was uh, a d nice blue. You know, I mean, everybody just trusted him for his honesty. And like Bill said, we didn't find out till later on in his life that he was a, 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 a screaming leftist. Uh, he was, uh, he pretended on television to be neutral. Yeah. I had now one they of don't. those that worked for me one time, uh, you know, a, a news lady that was totally left on a conservative right show. And, but you know, she, she did her job when she worked for me. So that was fine. She would sit there and come into the office and cuss at the end of the show uh, about uh, it was Quinn in the morning. Uh, you, you, some people might know who he is, some don't. But you mm -hmm. know, uh, either way, you know, he was uh, and he was an old buddy of Rush Limbaugh because they were rock and roll disc jockeys together. So that was their Rush was a, an interest, nice guy. Rush was a nice guy. He was different in person than he was um, on on the microphone. On the microphone, he had this. Uh, this presence of being uh, boisterous and, you know, uh, a talent on loan from God. And when he, I, I did meet him, and when I met him, he was a, kind of a gentle soul, if you know what yeah, I mean. A very humble person. He yeah. was. Um, I wanted to play something today, uh, stepping aside a bit. Um, Daniel Perry is the former Marine. Uh, I guess there is no such thing as a former Marine. He's a retired Marine, but he's the right. gentleman who was on the subway, the young, handsome young guy who, uh, uh, when that guy came in, Neely, and had caused trouble on the subway, he, he literally uh, subdued him, put him in a chokehold, and ultimately Neely died. Of course, they, they blamed the Marine, and the, he's been quiet. He's been quiet. Uh, he hasn't defended himself until yesterday. He he uh, released a videotape. I guess his attorneys released an interview with him. It's uh, about three minutes long. This is this is uh, Daniel Penny. He's the, the young Marine who uh, literally, uh, I think, uh, came to the rescue of a lot of the, the people on that subway train. Listen. East Village in right. Manhattan. So I take the subway multiple times a day. In this instance, I was coming from school. I got out of class around 2.15, and I took the J Street, I was at J Street Metro Tech, took the Uptown F train. Um, at 2nd Avenue, um, a man came on, stumbled on, he was, appeared to be on drugs. Um, the doors closed, and he ripped his jacket off and, violent, and threw it at the people sitting down to my left. 
I was listening to music at the time, um, and he was yelling, so I took my headphones out to hear what he was yelling. And the three main threats that he repeated over and over was, I'm gonna kill you, I'm prepared to go to jail for life, and I'm willing to die. You know, this, is a, this was a scary situation, and uh, Mr. Neely came on, he was, he was threatening, he's, he's a, I'm 6'2", and he was taller than me. So it was, and there's a common misconception that Marines don't get scared. We're actually taught uh, one of our core values is courage. And courage is not the absence of fear, but how you handle fear. And, you know, I was scared for myself, but I looked around, I saw women and children. He was yelling in their faces, saying, saying these threats. I couldn't just sit still. Some people say that I was holding on to Mr. Neely for 15 minutes. This is not true. I mean, between stops is only a couple minutes. And so the whole interaction less, lasted less than five minutes. Some people say I was trying to choke him to death, which is also not true. I was trying to restrain him. Uh, you can see in the video, there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. And then some people say that this is about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers, a lot of whom were people of color. A man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was, was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What, I don't believe that I'm, I'm a hero, but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. We were all scared. Mr. Neely was yelling in these passengers' faces and they looked terrified. Um, the reason why there was no video at the start of the altercation was because people were too afraid getting away from him. And the, the, didn't, the videos didn't start until they saw that situation was under control. I knew I had to act, and I acted in a way that would protect the other passengers, protect myself, and protect Mr. Neely. I used this hole to restrain him, and I did this by leaving my hand on top of his head to control his body, you can see in the video, there's a clear rise and fall of his chest indicating that he was still breathing. And I'm calibrating my grip based on, on the force that he's exerting. And um, I just, I, I mean, I was trying to keep him on the ground as, until the police came. I was praying that the police would come and take this situation, under, uh, take this situation over. I didn't want to be put in that situation, but I couldn't just sit still and let, let him carry out these threats. That's Daniel Penny. He's the uh, Marine who uh, subdued that uh, Neely character. Mm. You know, I don't know whether you've uh, ever been on a subway uh, train in New York. I, I have oh, yeah. many times. Uh, but, you know, you're in kind of a funny situation when you're between stations. You literally get on the train with a bunch of strangers, the doors close behind you, and then for the distance between station to station, you're kind of a captive. And whoever's in there, uh, good or bad, uh, you're at their mercy, especially if you're kind of a good person minding your own business. And um, I think that's the situation that, that uh, Penny found him, himself in. He had no choice other than to try to stop this guy from uh, doing something bad to somebody. He said there were a lot of women in there with their kids, mm -hmm. and they looked afraid. And it was almost as if Penny was saying, I had no option. And I also can't help but think that 20 years ago, in a m normal world like I, I grew up in, he would have been given the uh, keys to the city for protecting the uh, people on that train. 
But instead, we live in a topsy-turvy world where uh, the, the people in charge of the governments of these cities, they're more concerned with the criminal than they are the victim. The victim is the, victim is the one who uh, should be making the sacrifices, and the criminal should be the one who's given, given deference. It, 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 it's mind-blowing. It's mind uh, for him to be in this situation, Bill, is beyond me. Well, you know, Neely said, according to him, uh, is that I'm going to kill you. Uh, I may go to jail. I'm going to go to jail. He didn't say I may. He goes, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to go to jail for this, and I'm not afraid. To die. Those are the words of a person that has got some kind of psychological thing going on, or they've been brainwashed. Right. You know, something has, they're not free thinking at that point. So this guy was on a mission and not one of his own normal volition. It was something that he was coerced into doing, you know, through whatever source. Right. Absolutely. And this guy, Daniel Penny, was doing the right thing. He was trying to help people. Yeah, Daniel Penny didn't get on the train with the thought he was going to get into a fight or cause a problem. Daniel Penny was minding his own business. He was a student. He had movie star looks. He looked like he looked like a young guy who could be in Hollywood. He he has a perfect physique, former Marine. He was doing all the right things. He looked like the kind of guy you'd like to have over for dinner at your house, right? Uh, the other guy was in there causing a problem, causing... But you know that the uh, 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 Al Sharpton and I think a couple of representatives showed up at this guy Neely's funeral like he was a diplomat, like it was a diplomatic funeral. The funeral for this guy Neely was was a, an event that Al Sharpton and, and his cronies uh, had to be there. What, a, what a, a lot of nonsense. We have got to wake up, America, because there's no coming back from this unless something happens. We have got to wake up. We've got to say enough is enough. Stop paying attention to uh, our football games and baseball games. Start paying attention to what's happening to our country because it's going down the tubes right in front of your eyes. While you're sitting around, while I'm, other people are sitting around doing nothing to stop it, it's being destroyed by a bunch of people who don't love this country. This is a, a situation where Al Sharpton being there and all these people there, they want to make it a white against black scenario. They don't care that the black guy in this case was the bad guy. It could have been the other way around. Now, if it was the other way around, would they have shown up for the white guy to oh, say, no. oh, no, terrible? No, 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 no. And they, would anybody white sit there and come out and say, oh, this they is call terrible? call guys like Sharpton race-baiting pimps. They, yeah, they, they the, spend the, their whole life trying to uh, make money off of of these divisive situations. Right. They do, and that's, that's what it's all about. They're trying to drive racism. And, of course, they're seated on the left, which has always been about race. Whether If you go back and look at history, you'll be going, no, 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 no that's, that's not true. Yeah. It is true. But you got to do the research. And I'm not saying there aren't racists out there in the Republican side. There are. But let's be honest here. Your party is trying to drive that bus right through the middle of the heart of our democracy. What was the party of uh, slavery? 
The party of slavery Democrats. was the Democratic Party, period. End stop, that's it. They were mm-hmm. the party of slavery. If you don't believe it, find, find a history book somewhere and open it up because it'll tell you the, the South was uh, all Democratic and they were fighting for slavery. You know, that's uh, true. Anyway, and the, by the way, the guy who was uh, uh, responsible for the Emancipation Proclamation and the, right. free, the freedom was a Republican. But I'm just saying, they're not all perfect. Like Bill said, a lot of Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats. Uh, a lot of things have changed over time, but you got a deep state now that's driving the bus. And, you know, that bus stops in both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. We've done it again, my friend. Time. Yes, indeed. Okay, so uh, we talked a little bit too much, but hey, that's just the way it goes. We could talk forever. Today's going to be um, uh, an interesting day because uh, I think it's the turning point in our democracy uh, as to what happens today and, and the days to come. Um, could be the nail in the coffin or the the opening of a door that we write this train. I hope Say we a write prayer the train. for... The safety of uh, the former president. Say a prayer for everybody's safety down there, too. We don't want anybody to be hurt. No violence. If you see troublemakers down there, I would bet you $1,000 those troublemakers will be uh, the left in disguise. Yeah. But, you know, we're missing the big story today. It's not, it's not down there in Florida. Okay. Uh, apparently, it's in Washington D.C. because apparently Joe Biden has got to go in for a root canal today. No, he had it yesterday, Bill. That was yesterday. Oh, he had it yesterday. Yes. I had it for the, so he yeah. had it yesterday. Yes, he so did. So he's on his antibiotics. Yes, today. he was a little down in the mouth. So they. <laughs> he, I wish he'd be permanently down in the actually, mouth. Actually, actually, uh, Carmela had to go do uh, some public appearances for him yesterday afternoon because of his his root canal. But uh, yeah, he he had that done. Um, so he got the work done on his root canal. That's great. You know, I hope, you know, yeah, it's too bad it wasn't on his wisdom tooth. They might have found. Well, no, some... they would have done it on his wisdom tooth. They couldn't find one because there's yeah. no wisdom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, we're done. You have a wonderful we're out of here. have a wonderful day, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. No vaya con dios. Uh, adios, amigo. The voice of freedom. CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>